Welcome to Real Talk with Rhyme and Reason, a space where we're going to explore the relationships that we have with ourselves, our significant others, and the rest of the world around us. I'm your host, Lauren, and together we'll dive into and dissect the stories and narratives we've internalized our entire lives and what it means to fully step into ourselves. And as the mantra around here goes, the apology stops here. Welcome back to another episode. And today's episode, I am super excited about. It's um, something that I've been wanting to jump into with you for a while. And it is on the book called The Four Agreements. It is a book that I have read several times. Um, It is something that I have used really day-to-day in my personal life. And every time I read it, I get something different out of it, right? I mean, we do that a lot because we're in different points of our lives, so it's going to hit differently. If you've never heard of the four agreements, it's going to be life-changing. And it's life-changing in the way that certain things are really broken down into simple ideas, simple morals. Um, And I know simple may not sound exciting or extravagant, right? But simple doesn't mean easy. Simple can be very, very complex. And oftentimes, it's the simplest insight that really changes our lives, our reality, our perspective. So, Grab yourself either some coffee or maybe something a little stronger. Um, Get comfortable, sit back, and let the real talk begin. Okay, the four agreements. This is hands down one of my favorite books. It was written by a guy named Don Miguel Ruiz. And it comes from like the ancient Toltec um, ideas and it's part of their beliefs and it was a sacred, um, he puts it like a book of conduct, right? Like it's how they lived out their lives. It was really, really important morals and um, a guiding system for their lives and it's it's been something that I read all the time. I go back and I search for certain little um, excerpts because it it's so relative or maybe I'm coming up against something and I'm struggling and I know that this little nugget of information is going to help me. In the book, he talks about four agreements. And I'm going to get into what agreements are. And once you get this, if you've never read the book, it's mind-blowing. It was for me anyway. But this is really a way that helps us live a really true and a more kind life. And, and not just like towards others, but more importantly, towards ourselves. Like it allows us to get closer to who we are and be um, a 
truer version of who we are and who we, I think, want to be deep down um, and a kinder version of ourselves to ourselves. So I was listening to a podcast the other day and they mentioned something called Indigo Children. And when I first heard it, I was like, that's some woo-woo shit, y'all. Like, come on, indigo children. Um, But of course, because I didn't know, I went and Googled it. And I found this article and it was, you know, 13, 15 something um, characteristics of an indigo child. And I start reading and I'm like, holy fuck, like this is describing me. I even read it to my husband and I didn't even, I didn't tell him. I just said, I want, like, I heard this and I read it and I want to, I want to read it to you and tell me what you think. And I think I got through like the third characteristic and he's laughing because he's like, this is so you. Um, But it just, it describes people who question authority Um, They experience rigid systems like schools um, differently than what's considered normal, like how, I guess, normal people experience it. Um, Highly creative people, headstrong, definitely me, um, and like intuitive. And there's a lot more, but that just kind of gives you an idea. But I I heard the term and I was like, what? Indigo children? Okay, that's a new one. But that was super fascinating. But it actually brought up something that I have been experiencing coming up against in my life. And um, I don't know if if it's me getting older. I don't know if it's me working more on my inner stuff. But the whole idea that I question authority or I, when I go into the rigid systems, right, whether it's a school, whether it's church, which I get into later, um, how a marriage is supposed to be or what a family is supposed to be, how we're supposed to be living, I keep coming up against these ideas and I'm having so much like... um, friction. Like there's a lot of hesitation inside of me and I can't figure it out. Like I don't feel like I'm living in alignment or that I'm living in that flow state where things just feel right. I keep coming up against these things and it's absolutely driving me batshit crazy because I like it just doesn't feel right it doesn't feel true so headstrong right I'm 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 gonna push against it and I want to figure it out I want to know why because I don't want to keep going down this path where I don't feel like myself I don't feel like I'm living true to myself okay time out because I want to say this because I can hear myself speaking. Um, I know that some of these ideas sound out there or sound woo, and they're not. It's just the language. And I wanted to say this about the book, too, because when I read it, I'm going to read a a little bit um, to you. 
you may like roll your eyes or be like, that's not me. It's the language, okay? The language that I use is going to be different than the language that you use. And the same with the book, right? It's kind of like, oh, I like that jacket, but I don't like that color. I like this color. Well, you like the jacket. You just prefer a different color, okay? So when I use language, take it in a way that feels comfortable and right to you, right? What's in alignment to you. That may sound woo-woo, the whole alignment thing, but it's not. It's just what feels good and right to you. Okay, glad I got that out of the way. So the thing that really resonated with me when I was reading these characteristics were um, it was the whole idea of of questioning the systems and the authority because what I'm going to read to you, it's, a, it's about us making agreements in our life and how there were agreements made that we never... We agreed to them, but we didn't make them ourselves. And it's something that I'm recognizing in myself that I no longer need this agreement. This agreement does not serve me. Yes, it served its purpose, but I'm done with it because it doesn't it doesn't align with what I actually feel and think and know. Okay, I'm going to read just a small little chapter. Like, it's just four or five sentences. So, stick with me. This explains what an agreement is. Uh, And this was the thing that, like earlier I said, was mind-blowing to me, right? It's so simple, but once you get it, and once you see it, you can't unsee it. And, And that's really stuck with me, and that's why I come back to this book. Um, but it says, it was not your choice to speak English. You didn't choose your religion or your moral values. They were already there before you were born. We never had the opportunity to choose what we believe or what not to believe. We never chose even the smallest of these agreements. We didn't even choose our own names. When I read that, It's something that you know, right? Like we didn't even choose our own names. You know that. But when you really like think about it and you go past that, you go past the name, you didn't choose where you were born. Like this is, this is something that is huge for me. We didn't choose where we were born, but it shaped us. We didn't choose where we were born, but it most definitely informed who we are and how we see the world. It informed how we see each other. It informed how we see ourselves. For me, I grew up and I currently live in the South. It informed my idea of sexuality. It informed my relationship with sex in a really unhealthy way. I didn't choose to be born here, but it shaped me. And now I get to choose if that agreement aligns with me or not. 
So I've been coming up against these agreements more and more in my life. Um, I'm currently taking online classes, um, working on my psych degree, and I absolutely hate it. (laughs) I absolutely hate it. Um, It is an avenue to do something that I want to do, but I'm also questioning myself, do I really need to go down this avenue to do the thing I want to help people? Um, I've been made to feel that having a degree or a piece of paper makes me more whole of a human. It makes me better. Um, even when I, this is said with love, but even when I dated my husband, um, his family had reservations about me because I wasn't in school. And when I think about that and I have, there's no ill will, um, but it makes me really, really sad because that's how they were informed and that's how they viewed me. And I was just someone who loved the shit out of their son. And I, and I do to this day. And I'm, I'm proud of that human being. You know, I had to make a really hard choice on my own not to go back to school. And so I have that conflict within me now because a lot of the things that we have to do in school, I feel are pointless, right? And that's the part of me that pushes against the idea of the systems and the rigidness and and you have to do X, Y, and Z because I step back and I'm like, but I don't. Like, I, I don't feel that I need to do that in order to be this this is how someone else set it up. It wasn't set up for a person like me. It was set up for someone more like my husband because he he's really good at school. He finds so much fulfillment in doing the actual school where it was never set up for someone like me. So I wanted to give an example because I want to kind of bring it down some. Um, an example of agreements that maybe didn't align with you. So let's think back to when we were kids and we wanted to fit in, right? Like we wanted to be part of the cool kids club. Um, and if you weren't, that probably meant that you were actually truly a cool kid. <laughs> um, but the things that we did to fit in, like Maybe it was a pair of shoes, right? You had to have this pair of shoes. Or maybe it was you had to like this kind of music to to fit in with the cool kids. But what if you didn't actually really like it? What if you preferred those shoes instead? Or actually, you really didn't like that kind of music. You really liked this music over here and you're like okay like I'll do this I guess I'll buy into this so you're like yeah I'll put money down I'll agree to this but you weren't bought in like you weren't fully bought in and why because it didn't align with you it didn't speak 
to you. It wasn't the thing that you were like, yes, this is me. This is who I am. This is what speaks to me. Nobody can tell me any different. That was an agreement that you made with yourself and with society so that you could fit in. And that's okay. Like we, we make these agreements to survive, right? We, we have to get from A to B. Um, and a lot of the times we don't, we don't know or have their permission to say, no, thanks, right? Because it's that whole survival thing. We, we've got to live. We've got to make it. We've got to fit in. We've got to survive. So that's just kind of a way to look at agreements and, and kind of like a really small way. Now, I want to talk about something really personal, and I hope that this doesn't offend you because it's not coming from an offensive place at all. But being in the South, this is something that's huge. I'm going to talk about the church and how um, it's not something that aligns with me. And I want to make this very clear. When I talk about the church, I'm not talking about God. God is very much in alignment with me and who I am and what I believe and what I know. But I have issue with the church. I'm not speaking about your church. I'm talking about the church in general. Um, this is... This has been really hard because when you live in the South, when you meet people, I mean, one of the first things is, you know, do you go to church? Where do you go to church? Or being the family that doesn't go to church. Like, it's really hard on both of our families that we don't go to church. And we were raised in in the church differently, separately. But it's something that we knew and we've decided that it isn't for us right now or what's here isn't for us. That doesn't mean we don't have our own relationships with God, but it's an agreement that no longer serves me because I see a lot of the things that go on in the business side of churches that I don't agree with. And a lot of people say, well, you you can go, you can attend, and just take what you need. That doesn't align with me and my belief. Um, because I know when I go, I'm not going to be fully there. Um, so that's something that... I've had to really struggle with and I struggled really early on in our marriage because I was the one that was like, we need to find a church. We need to find a church. And we could not find one that felt right. Um, And so we made the decision for ourselves and for our family of how we were going to structure that in our life. Now, something that we teach to our kids is they absolutely get to choose when they're adults or even teenagers. Like if, if they're like, Hey, I want to go to church, go forth, dude. Like you, you get to, you get to choose that. And I, I want you to make those choices 
on your own. And this isn't something that we hold back. This is something that we talk about regularly because they, they'll go to church with um, the grandparents or I know when you get older and you're teenagers, you may go hang out like with your friends and that there's so much, there can be so much safety and good in that. I, I had a good experience growing up in my youth group, but my youth group was very different from the church and the business side of it. And, and I'm not dogging my church because the church I grew up in, um, if I lived there, I would probably go just because there's a lot of good to it. Um, but I'm talking about the church in general that I don't agree with in the statement that I'm making. So I hope I didn't offend anyone. Um, this has, me speaking on this has nothing to do with what you believe in church and God. That is your thing. That's, that's your agreement. That's your stuff. This is not anything to challenge anyone. This is just me being really open and honest about something that's personal. Now I wanted to read something else from this book And it really struck me, I think, as a woman, because I think we, especially with um, societal norms and media and social media and, and what we feel that we're supposed to be and supposed to look like. And for men, I think it's more in how they're supposed to show up, how they're supposed to provide, what they're allowed to feel, not allowed to feel. Um, this really struck a chord with me. It says, we create an image of how we should be in order to be accepted by everybody. We especially try to please the ones who love us, like mom and dad, big brothers and sisters, priests, teachers, trying to be good enough for them. We create an image of perfection, but we don't fit this image. We create this image, but this image is not real. We are never going to be perfect from this point of view. Never. Not being perfect We reject ourselves, and the level of self-rejection depends on how effective the adults were in breaking our integrity. I just want to go back to um, this part says, we create an image of perfection, but we don't fit this image because it was created. That really struck me because I know as a woman, as a mom, as a wife, you know, I've tried to fill and fit in these roles that I feel that I didn't fit into. I feel like I was constantly being asked to, oh, what's the saying? Um, Put a square peg in a round hole, right? And then we're frustrated and then we shame ourselves and and there's a lot of guilt around that square peg not fitting in the round hole when it was never meant to fit in there. Um, that was a really beautiful realization for me and around a lot of the beliefs that I've held on to that I thought served me that really 
don't. Um, we can never be perfect because our idea of perfect is a created idea. It's not an actual real thing. So I'm going to end this episode here. I feel, um, I feel like that can be a lot of information, um, to, to take in and to hear and to process. Um, I am so grateful and thankful. Yes, that rhymed. Um, but I really am. I'm grateful for you taking um, this time to spend with me and and being in this space with me to to hear these words. And I really hope that they are of help. Um, maybe they just pique curiosity. Um, but I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time um, to spend with me. Now, next week's episode... Uh, we are going to dive into um, the next part of the series. We're going to go over the first agreement. So today we just talked about what agreements are, what it can look like, what it can feel like. Um, And next week we're going to get into the first agreement. And that is being impeccable with your word. Now, this is one of, I think he puts it, the most important of the agreements. And I think it'll give you a clear idea of what these agreements are in our lives and and how we can use them to transform our day-to-day. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day or the evening, um, whatever it may be. And I just want to send love to um, all of you listening. So thank you. And until next time, see ya.